point-of-care testing holds great promise. Canada's top public health officials, meanwhile, are under pressure today over rapid COVID-19 testing. However these tests are performed, we have to be very clear as to what actions come as a result of the test. Hello, this is Vivek Goel. I'm a public health physician and a professor at the Dalhousie School of Public Health. This University of Toronto podcast will be giving you ongoing updates on what's next for the pandemic from my perspective. Today, I'm going to talk about COVID-19 testing. We've seen the lineups and the confusing changes in the test requirements across many parts of the country. I'm going to start by just reviewing a few key terms. There's types of tests, there's places that they're collected, and there's different types of specimens that are collected. Most commonly, a nasopharyngeal swab is used to test for COVID-19. This is done by a health professional wearing personal protective equipment. A swab is inserted through the nose and up to the back of the throat. A nasal or mouth swab is an alternative that's easier to collect, as is saliva, which can be a little bit messy and often requires a gargling rinse before it is collected. These latter approaches are easier, but slightly less accurate in detecting COVID-19. The methods for testing include the viral detection through polymerase chain reaction. There's also antigen testing, which detects proteins related to the virus, and antibody testing, which detect evidence of past infection with the disease. Antibody testing is not used for diagnosing the presence of active COVID-19 disease. We also have to consider where testing is actually done. Labs conduct testing for the virus using either manual or automated processes. When testing is done in the lab, we also have to arrange for transportation of the specimens from where they're collected to the lab and then for the delivery of the results. These processes add to the turnaround time for the test results. Point of care testing holds great promise. This could be done with or without a health professional and in theory could be done in any site, a school, a workplace, or at home. Finally, let's consider the indications for testing. Clinical testing is done in people who have symptoms to confirm whether or not they have disease. Public health and surveillance testing is done for monitoring outbreaks and for looking at those who've had close contact with confirmed cases. These types of testing require a great degree of accuracy. Screening or reassurance testing is done in asymptomatic people, for example, in schools or for people that are traveling. In such situations, we can perhaps relax on our requirements for accuracy. But in making decisions about which test to use, we have to consider the rate at which we're going to have false positives and false negatives. If we have too many false positives, we will have people inappropriately put into isolation. And if we have too many false negatives, we will run the risk of people being falsely reassured that they're not infected when they are, which lead to further infections. We need to remember that the criteria for testing do evolve through a pandemic. As cases go up and capacity is limited, there are restrictions put in place on testing. It does get confusing. And clearly, we likely need more testing capacity in order to control future resurgences of the disease. 
I'm Vivek Goel. Until next time, stay safe.